Hello and welcome, folks, to episode 114 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters. I'm Chris, otherwise known online as the true Mr. Six, and that fella over there... Hello, it's Andy, a.k.a. Vulcan. <laughs> he's, uh, I hear he's one of the most powerful mutants ever to have existed. He lives in space, you know. He does live in space. Do you know who his brothers are? Yes. Cyclops and uh, Havoc. Yay! <laughs> we'll make a comic book fan of you yet. <laughs> I only remembered because he's an energy weapon in Apex. Uh, he most certainly is, yeah, absolutely. But he's well, not a Vulcan. No, he's not a Vulcan. No, he's just named Vulcan. He's not an actual Vulcan. More's the pity. Mm, yeah, because then he could do that shoulder grip thing that knocks people out and meld with their minds Uh, little known fact did you know that Leonard Nimoy came up with that on set when he was uh, supposed to knock out um, Captain Kirk but he thought that uh, Captain Spock would never actively punch someone it was a bit too physical for him so he uh, made up the Vulcan death grip and it was uh, continued on ever since well there you go that is a little known fact I did not know that you do now welcome everybody Welcome. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Well, I say that, it's still 2021 for us right now, as past Chris and Andy record this. But when you hear it, it will be New Year. 2022. An exciting year. Very exciting, yeah. Hopefully a year of much more joy and merriment than the last 24 months we've had. Well, let's just wait and see, shall we? Yeah, we've got the rest of the Greek alphabet to do yet. (laughs) Well, I didn't realise Omnicron was a Greek, Greek alphabetical yeah. alphabet. Is it? it? It is, yeah, indeed. <laughs> I thought it was something to do with Transformers. Well, that's, no, so Omnicron with an N is Omicron is the Greek letter. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, let's all celebrate when we get to Zeta <laughs> and see if they start in on, I don't know, the Russian alphabet next or something <laughs> when they run out of variant names <laughs> get my booster tomorrow oh very good yep good on you that'll make me hyper immune apparently it'll, it'll make you good and ready for the new year that's for sure yep yep i had a sore arm after mine did you yeah like i'd had a dead arm off an ogre or something i'm gonna ask for mine in my butt <laughs> I, I had about 300 jokes fly through my head all at once. And you're all very fortunate that I prevented any of them coming out of my mouth just then. (laughs) That would have definitely changed our age rating on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, we're off to a sterling start to the year again. We're uh, going to be all about 2022 excitement looking forward in this episode. But before we do, of course, I'll ask you, my good man, what have you been up to since we last recorded? Well, uh, we've been playing some favourites of the year. So if they check out the YouTube channel, uh, if you guys listening check out the YouTube channel, you will notice that there's some games for our faves uh, of, of games that we've played and teams that we've played over the course of 2021. So uh, the game we played last week was a few games. We did a longer stream because uh, yeah. we didn't record anything. And we, uh, we, pl- I played the fish food team and, uh, Chris, you played a couple of your teams and that was fun. 
Uh, Justice Just, League. I play my Justice, Justice League. League. Yeah, I like the fish food team, but it is very hit and miss. And uh, it, uh, it doesn't cope well with a 20 point, you know, one big swing. Uh, and that's what mm. came swinging my way when the Green Arrow got rid of everything on my side. And then uh, you came through and all that good work of <laughs> life gain and, and building up a four, five dice combo all went to pop. And then I got really salty and I bought Becky next game. And won. <laughs> yeah, you definitely got your revenge. Jesus. <laughs> Terrible car Becky is. We haven't really, I mean, we moaned about it, but what, what a bollocks card. It, uh, well, the thing is, that there's no tech for it that's reasonable, I don't think, is there? It's everything you want all contained in a single card. There's not many cards that can remove, deal damage, and give you a little bit of an edge on your dice cycle <laughs> all at once, except for Becky Lynch. It's ridiculous. She'd, she'd have been Cosmic Cubed if there was, like, actual tournaments going on. Um, would she, though? Would she have? <laughs> yeah stupid i i think there's definitely been examples i mean i mean i know she she goes on the ban list quite often uh in online tournaments but i think there's definitely been examples of becky teams going up against uh thor super rare thor yorman yormungan's fear and uh god catcher teams and maybe even maybe even maybe even uh, I wonder if no, probably not. Actually, I was about to say I wonder if there's been some Green Lantern human or some um, Poison Ivy criminal because of love teams that have taken down Becky's, but I'm not sure. And I know we've certainly not we we've not this year gone out to the reaches of kind of super spiky uh, tournament style teams at all. So you and I haven't got much experience with Becky Godcatcher or Thor at all, particularly. No. But what experience I have got of it hasn't been particularly positive. Silly card, silly boys at WizKids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like. I don't mind a power card necessarily, but I think you need to have components. <laughs> you know, multiple components. <laughs> when you've got a card that lands in the field, removes the biggest blocker, or potentially removes the biggest blocker. Obviously, you could. You might not end up rolling them out. No, true. It's it's um. I wonder what the thought was by putting that game text on that person. I don't know much about WWE. No, but me either. I couldn't. I couldn't speak to whether she's a super popular, mega famous, hardcore winner. No. And do you reckon if like if that game text was on like Galactus, for example, we would maybe be a bit more forgiving about it because it's like, oh, well, it's Galactus in it. He's like super powerful. It would help. Uh, uh, yeah, it would help certainly for more themier players like you and I. But uh, equally, a Galactus would be a seven, eight, nine, or ten cost. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we played that game, mm. all those games, uh, and tonight we are going to. Uh, we haven't recorded it yet, but we will be uh, doing a another favourites team. So uh, come along and see what that is. We do stream on a Wednesday night on Twitch. So do come and join us on those ones. That's usually around about 10-ish UK time in the evening, and you get a notification through if you are following us on Facebook, Discord, Twitter already, or something else. That's it. That's that's all the notification places. Okay. Yeah. 
cool so keep an eye out for those so yeah yeah that's about it in regards to uh uh to to gaming not done done a lot else at all hmm, okay fair enough no yeah, fair play. I'm trying to think about any other Christmassy kind of gaming, but no, not really. Been playing a lot on the PlayStation, uh, which is fun and tie dyeing white t shirts. Okay. Yeah. Love it. I need to go. Anyway. That's nice it. And How about time. you, mate? Yeah. Uh, well, on the non Dice Masters front, uh, time off with the fam over Christmas always results in some tabletop gameplay. So we've had the Marvel Smash Up out, we've had the Exploding Minions out. Quacks of Quedlinburg was on the table yesterday. Uh, oh, we played that. Uh, do you remember that uh, things that people Google for one? I mentioned to you a couple of weeks back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, got that one out as well. That's quite fun. Bit daft. It's, it's basically just a pub quiz style thing, uh, yeah. which is nice. Uh, so, yeah, quite a bit on the old tabletop. And by the time this episode goes out and New Year's has passed by, we'll have played a fair bit more in between. Oh, and Harry, the kids played Harry Potter Cluedo. Oh, Harry Potter, Cluedo, amazing. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> right, it's Cluedo. Cluedo's cool. I'm not the, I've never been the biggest fan of Cluedo in its own right. And putting an IP skin on it doesn't <laughs> doesn't improve that situation. Although it does have some kind of Harry Pottery twists about using... Oh, does it? I like the twists. Yeah, so instead of the tunnels that shortcut you to rooms, there's a spell. And nobody's been murdered. They've been kidnapped by a... Death Eater. I want to say uh-huh. Death Eater. Is that the right? It is. Well done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, quite a bit of non, non-Dice Masters related stuff. Marvel Smash Up's really good, actually. That one. We I've were. never played Smash Up. Oh, it's brilliant. It's dead straightforward. Uh, you'd like it because uh, everything you need to know, once you've the basic rules are super straightforward, and then everything yeah. you need to know is written on the card text. Cool. Yeah. Although some of the interactions can get a bit complex for the younger ones. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I've always I've been a fan of it for years. I've always appreciated the parody style of the artwork and the and the uh, themes that they choose to do. This the Marvel one though is actually a proper you know licensed Marvel, which is hilarious, really, because they've done piss takes of superhero stuff, you know, stereotypes in the past, which is uh, curious. But I like it. I like it. Um, so. And you get you get two, I think they're twenty card decks, twenty five card decks. Uh, you choose two affiliations, mash them together to make your your forty or fifty card deck, whatever it is, and then you just have to win these bases by defeating your opponent. Very straightforward. So be a good one. And you could pick up basically any expansion with f- four decks in it, or the Marvel Smash Up's got six decks in it, and just play. There's an, an instruction manual in every expansion. So you don't need a core set or anything. You can just play with what you get your hands on. Oh, okay, cool. There's no board or pieces or anything like that. No, no. I mean, you need a little bit of space because you're laying cards all over the place. And they come with tokens, little tokens. But even then, the tokens are really just for uh, so some stuff, stat bumps your characters, you know. So you only really okay. need tokens to keep a track of things like stat bumping and, and whatnot. Uh, some of the expansions have got complicated little extra bits and bobs but other than that broadly speaking you just pick two decks shuffle them together we i've got an app on the ipad that i press a button and it just selects two for you at random and we just play the two that it randomly selects but there are some obviously that synergize really well and if you were that way inclined you could start um 
figuring out what pairs well together and stuff. So that's my non-Dice Masters. And then, of course, you just mentioned our Dice Masters gameplay there. Um, so played my Justice League team. Pro- probably that Green Arrow has probably my, been my standout character in the last 12 to 18 months. I love making little Justice League teams. You, you just got to hold your nerve and not sweat it and then buy him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the rest is taken care of i really can't wait to start making more expansive justice league teams using the roster boost that's coming in kryptonite crisis i think that's going to be awesome not long to go now no no absolutely uh, although we've not seen all that many justice league cards as of yet um, Ooh, but they always have a few spattered around spattered Good word, Andy. Not sure it makes perfect sense in this situation, but spattered. Is that not what they say in the crime TV shows when they're analysing the blood on the wall? Possibly. The blood spatter. Blood spatter indicates that they were struck by a hammer from this direction. <laughs> Possibly where I heard it from. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then uh, the team I dug out that went up against uh, Andy's Becky by was my Moon Knight Natalia Romanov. Oh yeah, I forgot you changed teams. That, that yeah. Oh, I'm not going to bring Zarina, but you brought the bigger, badder Zarina, <laughs> the massive version of Zarina. Yeah, with the Moon Knight. Although the Moon Knight died, they quit, didn't he? And it was actually the Natalia Romanov herself that I bought. Who? Yeah. What damage I did deliver? I think she got a couple good hits in, didn't she? Before things went pear shaped in Becky Land. She did. Uh, and then tonight I've got. Uh, me Riddler, me Riddler's re-roll thing. Oh, yeah. I'm, it didn't do very well actually. Last time we played, it was it was a bad team. I think on paper, uh, not on paper, a bad team in in practice. It was a good team on on paper, but I kind of felt like I wanted to revisit it. I'm playing mid dragons team, so with them all lined up, that should do some damage. He hasn't got the Ring of Winter or the actual good dragon on it so no i think i built it for the single set or single ip one of the two not it wasn't um the D &D campaign no no we were doing single i can't remember if we were doing we did a mo i can't remember now did we do an mod pdm which was just single ip possibly it was that because it covers the um but I decided not to go with the Ring of Winter. I'm not entirely sure why, because it's a flippant Dragons team. You'd have thought that you would have done. But anyway, nonetheless, it's quite cool and fun. Is it, are they all monsters? Did we maybe say no actions? Oh, maybe it was a single affiliation. That makes more sense, actually, to be single affiliation. Yeah, and no actions. With no, with no actions. Hmm. Just having a look through now. Yeah, then are they... Yeah, of course, the Ring of Winter isn't a monster, is it? So it wouldn't have been allowed on there. There we go. Yeah, it's a single affiliation, D&D. That makes sense because the basic actions, although I'm using ones that aren't, or they're, they're text reprints of uh, D&D ones. Yeah. So there we yeah. go. That's the one that's coming. All right. Well, see you soon. Uh, check, out, check it out on YouTube to see how we did. Yeah. Or bizarrely, when, my, when I was trying to find the cards on Sidekick, it had Billy Club in it, which confused me because I don't know why I would have decided to put that in. But it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> do, you, do you have an urgent need for masks? Converting Sidekick no. to masks? No? <laughs> don't All right. so. Fair enough then. <laughs> Who knows what goes through a man's head when he's building a team, you know what I mean? Exactly. I've definitely built some stuff and then sat down to play and gone, oh, 
oh, wait a minute. <laughs> why, why on earth did I put this on the team? I think sometimes when, when maybe this is the reason why I sort of build a team and I have a two-card combo and then I decide that I don't want that two-card combo. I want something else. And I take one half of the combo off the team and backfill it with the other thing that's caught my eye and then kind of forget to take the other half off. Yeah, is that how you build it? When I build a team, I usually just go through and add more of the cards. I'll just keep adding cards that would work with it. Right. So I'll end up with a team with of about like, you know, 12, 15 cards and then work out how to narrow it down. Usually that's a control bit. Let's take that out. That's a control bit. Take that out. No, I build up. So I go from zero to, right, what's my win condition? Here's my one or two win condition cards, right? How am I going to buy them? Get something rampy in another one or two cards. Yeah. So I sort of build it from the ground up. Have we done anything about that before? If not, put that on the list, on the rainy day list. I, I think idea. we have done a team building. How to build a sort team of, with the MOD. One of our debate battles. There is a YouTube video actually called Team Building 101 with the MOD, but it sounds like it's not Team Building 101 with the MOD. It sounds like it might actually be Team Building 101 with Chris. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> <laughs> the vid's built around my method. Um, but yeah, I build it up. And then I'll go, right, do I need a pivot or a second win condition or a backup? And then control. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. Well, uh, there we go. Then there's there's the update. Let's talk about what we've got coming up in this episode, shall we? Let's do it. We've got well, stuff to talk about. Absolutely. Well, as uh, I said a little bit earlier on, this is all about looking forward into 2022 and getting excited. And the uh, there's a couple of things to get excited about. So we've got a community focus coming up just to let you folks know about a couple of events that are on the horizon that we can all get excited about. And then the next big thing in the calendar as we understand it right now, Dark Phoenix Saga is just around the corner. The the boats are landing in port and stock will be going places in, eventually into our hands, one would hope. Um, whoop, whoop. Although trying to pin WizKids down on a specific date is like trying to get my dragon-in-law to share the wine. Um, that's not a really specific reference to something that's happened this Christmas. Um <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk Dark Phoenix Saga and we've got two Dark Phoenix Saga related segments we're going to do a classic Ministry of Dice pick of the week uh, focusing on a spoiler that we've got both got our eye on and then we're going to do some combo chat we're going to talk about some win conditions that we're excited to get in hand and try and build some teams around to talk about some of the ideas that we've had about how we're going to construct those teams uh, and with all that said and done that should be a pretty complete episode especially with this intro being what it has been now True that. Uh, right, well, so should we get into it, my man? Let's do it. Right, community focus time then. This is London calling. Here is the news. Yes, okay then, folks. And here is the news. And we have two online tournament events that we want to give you folks a heads up on right now the yeah exciting times the first in schedule we mentioned it last episode is the breath weapon x fest 3 some of you folks should be aware if you're not go check them out uh breath weapon x is uh rob and andy a fellow pair of united kingdomers robin who uh what did i say rob and andy oh well you're defecting no, well, I don't know, am I? Well, you and Alex are so close that sometimes when you're in, cl- in proximity, I can't tell where one of you ends and the other one starts. 
<laughs> in fact, I think Alex is giving you your booster, isn't he, tomorrow? <laughs> oh, an injection of sorts, anyway. <laughs> Moving on. So, uh, yeah, Breath Weapon X3 is taking place on the 29th of January. It's an online tournament, so it will be done through... Oh, not my microphone. Through the internet. Through the internet, indeed. We'll be using, <laughs> through be using... the internet? How do you do that? <laughs> well, if you'd like to know more about playing Dice Masters online, then if you head on over to BritRoller6.com, you'll find uh, in the useful resources section a guide to getting yourself online and playing in online tournaments. Wow. I know. We just Modern give. technology. I know. We just give. Um, but that'll be taking place. They're doing the Jimmy Darwin O'Brien Dice Masters XL format. It's uh, a good is, idea. Yeah. I, I don't know where they got the inspiration for that from but that's what they're doing so this is 10 characters and action cards then your three basic actions instead of your two increased dice count increased life count blah 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 blah. the uh, information is on their website if you go to breathweaponx.wordpress.com and then find the breathweaponx fest 3 section you'll have all the the finer detail there uh, around what's allowed what's not allowed what's on the ban list what isn't on the ban list and and all that kind of good stuff that's coming up if you're interested big old saturday event and then no more yes indeed more like a phoenix from the flames we have dm north who are kicking off the two team takedown again two team takedown that's right now there might be some listeners who are not familiar with this so uh, just to kind of cover this off, it was a, a tournament online, online again, playing online. It was a tournament system that was set up by the folks over at CR Game Room. In Ooh. which CR Game Room? Well, they've, yeah, they've. <laughs> Are you going to be able to sustain this all the way through this segment? Maybe. <laughs> well, the best CR of Game Room. Up. They just do magic now, don't they? Yeah, yeah, or retro arcade games, you know, that's their thing. But a lot of Magic the Gathering, a bit of Pokemon TCG as well. But they were, uh, they ran a tournament where you brought two teams and then you had to play your two teams against your opponent's two teams. Big old long session, 90 minutes with, you know, best of three kind of thing going on across the team. So you prepare two teams, you bring them along, and then uh, through a random selection method, well, that's how uh, DM North is doing it. Uh, it used to be you would choose with CR Game Room. Um, you would then pick a team, play the teams out, and best of three wins. Um, they, they're not really in the Dice Masters scene so much anymore. Jordo uh, over at DM North was keen to get the two-team takedown up and running again. Now, the distinction here between the type of events like that we run, for example, our MOD PDM Onlines or like, like the Breath Weapon X-Fest, is that whereas ours are a single-day event where you play all your rounds in one your long session the yeah. two team takedown you play a game a week you play an opponent a week and you report your results over a lengthier period of time so a bit like so, a league yeah, yeah absolutely so on a monday uh dm north will announce the pairings you then independently get in touch with your opponent and organize a time and date over that seven day period where you can get together to play your match report your results and then the following monday the next pairings are announced uh, and then obviously depending on the number of participants will then determine how many weeks it goes on for um it's all out modern you know bring your worst except for the fact that they've banned the big three what's the big three 
Uh, Becky Lynch made an island, Godcatcher, the famous walking statue, and Thor, Jormungand's fear. Dear. Mm, absolutely uh, there, there's some other subtleties that people need to be aware of like if you've used a card on one of your two teams you can't use it on the other so if you put I don't know uh, what's that Deadpool Deadpool uh, let's go for Danny Moonstar because I can remember a subtitle if you put Danny Moonstar Empathic Illusion casting on one team you can't then use that very same Danny Moonstar on the second team but you could use a different version of the same character yes absolutely Absolutely. Again, by the time this episode goes live, all the details surrounding that will be available on the Norton website. If you go over to dm-north.com, Jordan usually puts a big old button on the front page, so that'll help you track it down nice and easy. That's a a couple of proper good team-building challenges there to really get your head around, so they really could spend some time and use up some of your time that you're in your house. Um, Uh, by uh, you know really having a you know a think and getting your apps out or just getting your binders out because you got what the the XL one obviously rarely do you play with the extra cards so you've got to have a th- good old think for the breath weapon X Fest three about what extra cards to put what extra cards other people put on mm. do you need that extra control do you want to need needed like a third win con uh, to kind of divert against if there's extra things against you. So that's a good think in there. And then the two team, t- two team takedown, um, the triple T, uh, that, uh, again, you know, you've got to have two teams. If you put a control element on one, you can't put it on the other. Um, you know, you need to make them both balanced. So, so yes, yeah, some, real, some real juicy mm. thinkers there for you to get your teeth into. Yeah, two-team takedown is particularly rough when it comes to planning your ramp. PXG, yeah. Well, not not in modern, but sure. Um, but yeah, even then, back in the day, if you'd have put PXG on one of your teams, you couldn't have it on the other one. Yeah. Oh, well, you There's could have done, because you could have gone for trainer and recruiting young mutants, couldn't you? Yeah, true. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you've got to think you can't just rely on the same things. Uh, you've got to have the same, you know, be able to come up against... Op- opponents teams and you know make sure you've got your your elements your wing con your ramp your control all those things that you've got to put together if you are struggling with putting teams together there is a youtube video out there uh, that uh, <laughs> you can uh, uh, watch about building teams with chris <laughs> yeah team building 101 with the m uh, i mean chris <laughs> <laughs> the m uh, no just chris <laughs> yeah and it does it different as we've discovered today so yeah and, and judging the meta as well because with the big three band and with a, largely an absence of data to make decisions around what what are your tier 1.5 what are your tier 2 stuff that you're going to put in i mentioned before like green lantern human poison ivy criminal because of love uh, danny moonstar the re-roll one is um bobby heenan fetid bloat drone still legal it is isn't it yeah yeah they're both uh campaign boxes aren't they yeah, yeah. So is that up there on the list? I'm just trying to think what else people might go for. Is there a way of making Iceman and Iceman work? I mean, there's the Turk Barrett combo that's seen to have some success in the past, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. What's the one with the spin down, spin up? Awaken, uh, like Nebula and uh, the Atom. Is that the what Atom, you... yeah. yeah. Is that suddenly come back up to the four? The Jubilee that does all the ping damage if you buy her all. Mm. Loads of like tiered. Two e things that could be uh, 
the one to go for. And then you've got to pick two with a two-team takedown. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we wish everyone who's planning on participating the best of luck. Um, I'll make sure links are in the show notes so you can go and find the information from the uh, relevant content creators who are running this. And uh, it's great to start the year right out the gate, January and February, kicking off with some stuff that's going to keep some conversation going. Noish. Yeah, very good. Okay, and that's it. That's the that's the community focus update for now. Awesome stuff. Let's talk about Dark Phoenix. All right, yeah, let's get into it, shall we? Yes, welcome back then, folks. And here we are then, looking forward. Everyone should be getting excited about Dark Phoenix Saga. Although someone did tweet me uh, the other day saying, I'll be excited when it's in my hand, which I think is a fair comment. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> it is fair. Uh, but we can't We can't help ourselves. We can't help ourselves. Uh, God, God help us. I, I do hope and pray that this isn't going to be a repeat of 18 months ago when we did loads of Dark Phoenix Saga related content and it all went quiet and there was no information and nothing happened and then it all went <laughs> <laughs> don't jinx it it'll be fine I'm touching a wooden table touching wood <laughs> but this segment now is a Dark Phoenix Saga spoiler pick of the week oh 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 that means that we can use some of the the jingles that I made like two years ago yeah, yes, although I'll remind you, I've been using those jingles. They have been used. I've been using them on some of the YouTube spoiler video content. Didn't give you copyright law for that. Uh, well, I used the one without music behind them, you know. Okay. But yeah, that, there's, that there's, a, there's a jingle to be used that has not been used on the MOD podcast for ages because they're a bit F all to talk about. Mm. So, what, you want that now? No. Now. Nah, now. Pick of the week! Oh, you gave such a big gap. I thought I got it. <laughs> anyway, now. Anyway. anyway. No, it's, it's already, you've just said now, now and, and you'll make yourself look now. like a fool because it's already been. <laughs> <laughs> now. It's already happened. Ay, 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 ay. He's saying now for something that can't, that cannot be, for it has already been. I'm going to edit this segment. Okay. Just I'll, edit all of this out. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> right then, pick of the week. Do you want to go first or shall I? What do you mean? I think we're doing one card. Oh, we only do one card? I thought you'd picked one and I picked one. No, we're going old school. Well, old school is you pick one and I pick one. No, no, old, old school is when we just picked a pick of the week and spoke about cards. Do you remember HXG? Do you remember how s- successful that was? Uh, yeah, I mean, that really took the meta by storm. But that wasn't a pick of the week. We just we just announced that. That was in the year. It was a pick of the week. Nah, no, it wasn't. We did a proper pick of the week. We did um, HXG, and then we named it HXG. And then the next thing you know, everyone's calling it HXG. Whiskers calls it HXG. And the best thing was that HXG doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because it's now on Walk with Elias. <laughs> um, I'm not convinced, but you you pay more attention to the older episodes than me, so I'm going to roll with it. Rob, so just, Rob will know. So we just yeah, Rob will know, yeah. While he's trucking around listening to the MOD, he knows which side his podcast butter is breaded on. What? I, his podcast butter is breaded on. Amazing. <laughs> oh dear anyway the pick of the week then so uh we'd have got away with that would i, I, I no well so. somebody would have picked me up on it i'm sure 
uh, you can't say anything on this podcast without someone coming out of the woodwork going, uh, actually, I think you'll find, <laughs> because that's how nerds do, isn't it? <laughs> Big up to the nerd massive. Nerd massive. Okay, are you reading the game text or slide? Eat it. Okay then. Well, our pick of the week is the uncommon Emma Frost. Her subtitle is manipulative. She's a five-cost shield with the Hellfire Club affiliation, and she reads, While Emma Frost is active at the start of your opponent's attack step, re-roll target character die they control. And she has a stat line of 135, 146257. Yeah, absolutely. Only recently revealed that uh, Emma Frost was uh, put out there by the Double Double and Dice podcast and then followed up on the DM North website. So it's a relatively fresh one there, but it certainly pricked my ears up when I heard them talking about it on the podcast and one that I wanted to get in the conversation on. Nice. Is Hellfire Club affiliation new? No, it's been around since... There's definitely Hellfire Club affiliation in the X-Men Forever campaign box. I don't remember if there's any earlier ones than that. I've not really noticed. I can't remember noticing it before. Yeah, it's definitely about... So there's like a... There's a Madeline Pryor that's Hellfire Club affiliation. There's a, That Sage is... Oh, mate. i just gone on. There's quite a few. Yeah, how far back? What's the... Are they all in the campaign box or did they go back earlier than that there's 10 cards or 10 characters i should say uh looks like it's all x-men for um x-men forever oh no dxm what's that dark x-men it's the team pack oh, isn't it team pack with it yeah yeah so yeah that release is when it came out oh cool actually supporting some affiliations that they've already released nice although same character as one they've already done yeah, that's true. Um, the, the Hellfire Club is a uh, is a big X Men. You know, it's a very significant comic book team of villains. I know because you got me to read it. Absolutely, that's right. And a significant part, of course, of the Dark Phoenix saga, the original Dark Phoenix saga by Chris Claremont. So, um, yeah, very very thematic in that respect. And Emma Frost as the White Queen is a is a significant character in that storyline in the early part of that storyline too. Although this artwork's from much later on. Yeah, I was going to say, that artwork was bobbins, and this is, looks very nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the card text just caught my eye, because this idea of being able to make your opponent re-roll one of their characters at the start of their attack step is super exciting to me. Control. Yes, absolutely. Controly balls. Yeah, absolutely. But it just, it could... Pull you, pull your ass out the sling completely because oh, you're about to attack with that big beefy overcrushing, you know whatever. Nah, not today. Reroll it. Let's see what happens. And you could, they could roll it in on a lower level. They could roll it in uh, onto energy face, and it ends up in their reserve pool and takes the option away. And I just think that's really interesting. It is. I mean, on the flip side, it is still a fifty-fifty shot. Yeah, I mean, that's fair, absolutely. But we've seen plenty of removal uh, through the years that's been the 50-50 shot that's done well. I mean, I'm thinking right the way back to AVX with Storm. Uh, The Billy Club you mentioned earlier, you've done some removal with your Billy Club before now. Never when it counted. (laughs) No, which is probably why you're saying that, to be fair. Yeah, but no, it's cool. I like it. There's definitely potential there. She's quite big, though. She's quite a, a hefty purchase. Well, not that big, but, you know, five isn't a quick first buy. It's more mid-game, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's true. Well, I don't think it is as hard to get to a five-cost 
but you you would have to have I don't know like a Creed Captain Clayface combo or something to set you up mm. um, or some strong early early ramp or a Dark Phoenix Global that's coming in that set of course you know yeah yeah but um, yeah I just like the Hail Mary of it all and of course but that window in which it happens that start of the attack step there's nothing you can't there's no preventing it other than blanking the character yeah you'd have to do something in the main step to try and stop it uh be it try and use some kind of action removally damage dealing or global yeah or something when fielded uh but you can't knock her out no, uh, Blanca with a Typhoid Mary or something. And a stat line at, with a defense number of 567 means yeah. it's hard to hustle up the damage to clear her off. Um, but I, I see that working as your benefit as well. If you're playing with that Emma Frost, if your opponent wants to buy their Drax or their Typhoid Mary early doors with an intention of cutting your Emma Frost out of the picture, then cool <laughs> you know fine that's you've you've slowed down your pace towards your own win condition in order to prevent that emma frost and you've taken out your control that may interfere with my win condition so that's that's a trade i'm willing to make if if they don't blank her or get rid of her prior to buying her and getting in the field then she's just going to be a constant pest threat if they do well that's okay you've locked up your typhoid mary now that's cool i'm comfortable with that Oh, yeah, her defense stats are annoying. Oh, you know, thinking of facing against it, you're going to have to do something, you know, severe to get rid of her. Yeah, well, it would be be the spin-down stuff, wouldn't it? Uh, Yeah, Black Widows, you pit the trolls. um, You know, it'd be the stuff that spins down to energy face would be your best bet, I would probably say. Yeah. Well, Spider-Man's... Uh, not going to fire off until she's already done. Yes, that's that right. And she hit, she could yeah. get rid of the Spider Man. Yeah, re-roll that Spider Man before you before you chat with him, please. <laughs> God, layers upon layers of irritatingness. Yes, and I think that's another reason why it's a pick of the week is because it introduces just an aspect to the meta that not only do you have to consider when when building a team with her but you also have to consider her presence in the game when you're building teams should you be facing against her mm. you know and i think that i mean we may find that with those fielding costs with that purchasing purchase cost she doesn't really go anywhere but i think it's interesting and if you draft her that could be devastating in a draft yeah it'd be a nightmare yeah so really interesting card i think yeah, I definitely like the idea that they're bringing something new into a different time. Don't think we've had much that fires off at the start of your opponent's attack step before. Uh, no, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, there is start of attack step stuff, isn't there? So uh, range, for example, is start of attack step. Yeah, but that's usually your attack step, not your opponent's. Do uh, sure. cards, connoisseurs, let us know if I'm wrong, but I can't think of anything. Nothing's spring into mind where where it triggers on your opponent's attack step right at the start before they can do anything it's uh yeah it's nice yeah absolutely so just um she sits in a in a very interesting space uh, i think she may go overlooked compared to some of the splashier stuff like your master molds and your mr sinister globals and that, that i think a lot of people will be chomping at the bit to sink their teeth into but 
yeah, just just an, a curious one, a pick of the week because she intrigues. She reminds me of a bit like the card that, oh, I can't remember her name. It's the ability is that your opponent can only attack with one dice per character. Oh, um, um, Meteor, is it Meteorite? Meteorite, that's yeah. it. It's yeah. got that kind of feel about it. It's that kind of attacking, controlly type stuff. I mean, completely different. It's got that same kind of feel to it. Although, isn't there a previous Emma Frost that locks out attack attacking as well somehow? I don't know without looking. There's one where I think she's. I don't think she stops you like meteorite, but you can't use the same. You can't attack with the same dice. So if you had two Spider Men, you could only use one of them. She stops okay. you from declaring an attack with two of the same character. I think. There's been quite a few versions of Emma Frost down the. Uh... Down the line, three. Yeah, in fact, she's, she's been around. Yeah, she was in uh, Uncanny X Men, and then in the Campaign Box, uh, and in X Men First Class, and now in Dark Phoenix Saga. But she is a hugely significant X Men character. So, don't remember her in the cartoon though. Uh, ooh, I'm trying to remember if she was in the cartoon. No, I don't think she was. She was in one of the films. She was in X Men First Class, working with Sebastian Shaw. Okay, yeah, Mental Mistress, the four cost. Shield from X-Men forever, in fact. When Emma Frost is active, when an opponent declares a character die as an attacker or blocker, they may not attack or block with any other copies of that die. So a lot like the meteorite. Yeah, yeah, so it certainly... Good put, knowledge. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, she would certainly put to put to rest any, any like large wall attacks. Yeah. She'd have been awesome in the flying sidekick days. But yeah, but this one... Um, just that kind of hopeful spot removal. Annoying. You get your like your Wonder Woman with your what's the the one where they oh my brain's not working today. The one where they if they are fielded alone they get overcrush. So uh, the, the one with strike. Grot. Strike. Forgot, that's it. I've forgotten the subtitle. But um, you know anything with strike, that's going to be well annoying if you you know you get it. You might even have to sacrifice and field in other characters so that you can get that strike off. You attack with the strike get the overcrush and the buff and everything else and and then you have to flip in re-roll her and she turns into a shield yeah that's it or yeah. oh, oh uh, that see that venerable dreadnought you've got there uh let's let's give that a re-roll before you declare any attackers <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean it's just really it could be really brutal absolutely mm. devastating it is a hell mary you're right it's a 50 50 but what what are we here to do if not to roll dice Nice. Yeah, good. Good choice. Well done. Absolutely, yeah. Well, thank you. Okay, well, uh, folks, let us know, uh, you know, all the different ways to get in touch with us. What are your thoughts on that Emma Frost? Uh, but we'll put that pick of the week to bed then and uh, move on to our win condition combos chat. Right then, folks, welcome back. And the 2022 Dark Phoenix Saga excitement continues here at the Ministry of Dice with not one, but a second segment on the subject of Dark Phoenix Saga spoiler cards. And we are now going to talk about win conditions or win condition combos that we're eager, eager to get our hands on and build some teams around. Hells yeah. And there's a boat time coming. Uh, there is actually. And I, I, I was noticing, I mean, I've, I've sort of clocked this prior to today, but it especially landed with me when prepping for this segment that this is a win condition intensive set yeah just flicking through there's plenty of ways to win what's what's it like to, for like other stuff like ramp and control 
Well, there's bits and bobs. But... Bits and bobs. I mean, Rampier, you got your Dark Phoenix, uh, a Global, haven't you, in there? Um, and a few odd kind of prepper dice here, prepper dice there kind of bits and bats. There's definitely control, though. I mean, Lalandra immediately. Oh, yeah, true. Springs to mind as a as a controlly piece. There's the Gene Grey. There's a Gene Grey that does global interference, a bit of global hate. So Emma Frost we've just spoken about. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So there's definitely controlly related stuff in there. But it's it's certainly wind condition intensive, or if not precisely a wind condition, something that really contributes to a winning strategy. Yeah. You know. That master mold is gonna be interesting. Yeah, that's gonna be beastly scary. I mean I wasn't that's not on my list, is it on yours? No. No. But is it is it a wing con? Is it control? Who knows? It's just stuff everywhere <laughs> it's all over the place that master mold yeah it's frightening absolutely frightening and we haven't seen any of the other rarities of master mold as of yet so there could be all sorts of crazy stuff going on with that character is he a sentinel yeah, master mold is the big like boss sentinel oh, okay, that, cool. that produces the other sentinels how exciting yeah it's like a big walking talking sentinel factory awesome right all right <laughs> Who, where, when? Do you want to go first? Uh, I'm not. You know, after you, sir, you go first. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going I'm to hark back to a bit of a classic, uh, and um, it's Jubilee. It's the super rare, which is most annoying, uh, and it's uh, a Jubilee X-Men field leader four-cost bolt uh, X-Men affiliation, uh, and while Jubilee is active, when you field a character die, she deals one damage to her opponent and one damage to a target character die. And she's got the stats of two zero two one one three three two four three. Max five dice. Yes, max five dice. Uh, basically, all they've done is they've taken off a picture of Jubilee. Uh, no, taken off a picture of uh, Human Torch and put on Jubilee and put an X-Men affiliation on it. I have to be honest, I'm quite surprised that you have picked that one. It's one of my faves. Really? Uh, it's like a death by a thousand cuts, pingity ping ping type thing. I didn't think that was your bag, baby. Uh, I, I love that card back in the day. Uh, it was definitely on the team. Well, when, when we f- first played each other uh, back all those years ago, um, I think we both had Human uh, Torch on our team. And uh, yeah, uh, what I'm thinking about is obviously it was good with, um, you know, little itty-bitty, well, Zarinas, for example, constantly attacking, getting churned around, doing damage left, right, and center. Uh, but uh, the Lita springs to mind, where you can make loads of sidekicks. I've tried her before, and she's always been a bit annoying, Lita. Not quite, because I think she's a five cost, so she's a bit of a stretch to, to kind of get things kind of going. She's five but, or four. I think she might be four. She might be four. Just... She was enough to be annoying sure. to buy, as well as the thing that's going to do the damage with the sidekicks. I think it might be in that Batman. So you're investing in a big Batman, then trying to get a forecast, then you're trying to get sidekicks around at the same time because you want to get them plenty of them out there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I was thinking this with, I mean, you've got plenty of little bodies in the set. You've got, just fl- flicking through now, two costs are plenty. Um, if I scroll down, I can see what have we got. Toads are three cost. Getting back up again now. 
You've got two costs, three costs, Mystiques, two Moira's, uh, Magic, Madeline Pryor, Lelandra, Kitty Pride. You know, you've got a set of smaller uh, Deathbirds of two costs, smaller characters uh, that you could all group together within the set, let alone if you uh, expand out to things like Danny Moonstar mm. um, and, and the like, where you're, you're actively wanting to kind of attack and block and and, and churn them around again. Uh, and it could be very, very exciting. The only thing is that you've not got the PXG to absolutely, you know, flood the uh, the reserve pool with characters. So it'll be interesting to see how that all kind of pans out. But yeah, excited to see that on the board. Excited for people who maybe didn't experience the AVX excitement of uh, uh, Human Talks because it is... It's just a solid win con. It's not a Bard or a Becky, uh, but you can build a very, very competitive team with that at its core. Uh, you know, you can field stuff that then does other things when it's fielded or when it's attacking, and you're not worried about kind of keeping a load of different characters com- combination in the field to do something. It's doing its job there, and then other things can do its own thing as they come in and out. So, um, yeah, excited. Very excited. It's a very annoying, nearly said a rude word, uh, that it's a super rare because I can imagine it's going to be quite hot on people's wish lists. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It is a pain point, the rarity on that one. Um, there's a couple of things that spring to my mind with that card. The first is Hope Summers, Pluripotent Echopraxia, copies X Men character game texts. So I might like that card now. Have double your fun. Uh, and then Psychic Makers, you know, Instant War the Collector Global from Infinity Gauntlet. And, of course, uh, we've seen uh, a couple of months after Dark Phoenix comes out, we'll get Kryptonite Crisis, and there's the new double sidekick maker with the Batman Global. Ooh, there's Rally coming out, I think, in this set as well. Yes, yes. It's already in um, Infinity Gauntlet, I think. Is it? Yeah. Yes, yep. So, yeah, you've got plenty of bits there. And, yeah, the Lita... Lo- loads of things and ways and means, or, or just be like me, just roll three or four sidekicks a turn. Oh. Why would you have to remind me of that, you scumbag? Uh-huh. You jammy. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think, uh, no disagreements here. It's certainly a card that, if I manage to get one, I will be most definitely having to play with, uh, 100%. It's right up my alley, you know. Yeah. yeah it's cool. I like it. I like it a lot. Looking forward to hopefully getting my hands on one and uh, reliving the glory days. <laughs> I just seen if if it's still you know if it works with with the change around of of other supporting characters, is it going to be that good or not? That's what I quite like about having these like reprinted cards or, or you know text reprints on different cards is that it's, it's landing in a different time zone. It's like um, would Wyatt Earp be any good at catching baddies? in modern day times you know will it work will it won't work it's exciting let's try it out let's find out together as a community yes yeah and uh you know the, you've got to think about things like the black widow agent you know would Shuts get it down completely would it? get in the way of your fun yeah and there could very well be some kryptonite crisis stuff that gets in the way of your fun with that as well yeah so, there you go yeah that's my first peak very good. Excellent. Okay, well, my first pick is one of the Dark Phoenix cards. It's Dark Phoenix Destructive Force. 
Seven cost bolt with the villain affiliation, and she reads, when an opposing character died, damages Dark Phoenix, she deals that much damage to each opponent. And then she, of course, comes with her global, pay a bolt, and KO one of your character dice. The next day you purchase this turn, costs two less. And she's got a stat line of 155, 277, and 388. Beast. She is... Ooh. Is that a reprint? Um, I think there's definitely been something that's done damage equal. Yes, I think she is, but I can't put my finger on what she's reprinted. I'm thinking maybe a Cyclops or maybe a Doctor Octopus. There's been, there's been something in that ballpark for sure. Um, but this is a strikes the fine balance between control and win condition. So it's clearly going to appeal to me. Uh, I like the fact that she comes with a global that can help you purchase her at a high seven cost. The fielding cost is a little painful, but there's ways and means of getting around that. You know, yarding portals and um, robot guillaume globals and what have you, you know, to help you mitigate yeah. the two and three on level two and level three. Um, but I like this idea that with something like, I don't know, a force attack global, for example, you know, Doctor Strange or uh, what's the um, Spider-Man OP kit card that was a force attack? Slingers, I think it was. Or was it force block? Well, it doesn't matter. Either works. Yep. No, it's a force attack. I'm certain of it. Um, then she just, so you sit her in the field, force your opponent's character attack, block it with your Dark Phoenix, causing damage <laughs> equal to the attack with her stats there's a good chance that's also removal that you're killing the thing you've just forced to attack um, but do you know what if your opponent wants to use slingers global to make your dark phoenix attack by all means <laughs> do you know what i mean by all means i'll quite happily throw my five five seven seven or eight eight dark phoenix down the field at you if you want to let her through to get rid of her that's fine by me do you think she's worth the seven do i think she's worth the seven yes like the purchase cost of the seven as in would you and you know, playtesting would work. You know, you've got to try it to to know for sure. But do you think it's? Would you stretch for the seven to get it? Because I I have to think that she does. Because once you got her, she's like Jocastery, yeah, Green Goliathy. Absolutely, she's going to do some yep. blanket damage across the board. And with an eight defense, you could you could be doing a you could be wiping the board. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Force attack, I don't know, something with seven attack, six attack, block it with Dark Phoenix, kill it, and do your opponent six or seven damage. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think the thing is with the seven cost is it's a fair point because she's going to be slower to get going than, say, you know, filling your field with a couple of god catches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or... Obviously, Becky Lynch, you know, stuff like that. But it's worth it's worth the stretch, and with, because she carries the global herself, I think there's there's ways and means of, you know, yeah. I mean, a couple of sidekicks pinged off, and she's a three cost. Yeah, absolutely. Or find yourself a nice when fielded game effect at a low cost that could be a bit of added value, or something. I don't know, a uh, like a Grell, just KO it and use it for a bit of bag yeah. management. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's there's ways and means, but she'll be slower. She will be slower. The as people have mathed out the way to rush to a Thor at a six cost, you know, your your Sphere, you, you'll have to math out 
your early turn and accept the fact that you're probably going to be bringing some globals or some basic actions in order to do that that could be beneficial for your opponent as well. Yeah, that's that's ju- like Jocasta, but without the kind of extra nerf they gave her. Yeah, she's brilliant. It's not, I think not the first brilliant. damage. I mean, she's a lot more expensive, but then it's not even just, well, you know, one lot of damage. Yeah, absolutely. And she's, like you say, she's not without flaws. She's expensive. You'll have to work for your win. But mm. I just think it's uh, uh, anything that's control that ha- that would still help you win the game is going to catch my eye. We know that. We know that. Is it control, though? It's just flipping damage in its own right, isn't it? It's well, it, a win con in its own right. It is control. A, a force attack. If you have a force attack, then that's... It, it, yeah, it is control because let's say uh, let's just take out take, put the purchase cost to one side for a minute and just imagine that your opponent's got a godcatcher in the field and you've got your dark phoenix and they attack uh, and they take a damage back for their attack of the, with a godcatcher. So then you're thinking you're forcing your opponent to think twice about what they're attacking with, aren't you? And that's control. Ooh, there you go, lesson in control. Mm. That's cool. It's a rare, so it's not. As hard to get your hands on as uh, the Super Rare Jubilee. Very strong. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's caught my eye, definitely. And it's one I'll be building teams. Now, I think it'll probably just be more on the higher edge of ca- casual. Uh, but yeah, I'm, the brief was card, card combos we're looking forward to, um, you know, card win condition combos that we're looking forward to playing with. And I'm looking forward to having a go with a bit of Force Attacks and Dark Phoenix there. Awesome stuff. Right, my second? Yes, yeah, fire away. Cool, so I would like to turn our attention to something that Chris pointed me towards, which is Gladiator, the Empire Must Stand. It's uncommon, woohoo! Uh, <laughs> he's six-cost fist with the pineapple chunk affiliation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's got Overcrush, which is cool, because his stats are five, five, six, six, seven, seven. Uh He's got more game text, though. When Lilandra is KO'd, put a loyalty counter on Gladiator's card. Loyalty counters give a character die plus one attack and plus one defense. And he's also got the old school Yu-Gi-Oh! Fiendish Finder skeleton-y night dude global, <laughs> uh, which is pay a fist. When you attack, your character die doesn't... Oh, it's so small, this writing... Uh, your character die can't beat the target of action dice or global abilities until the end of the turn. So you will not be static fielding back my attackers. Um, uh, you are not pinging them with magic missile if you were five years ago, uh, all that kind of stuff. So that's cool. His fielding cost is a bit weird. It's a bit Pip the Troll. It's a zero on his level one, a one on his level two, and a zero on his level three, uh, which is beautiful yeah that's and then lovely fielding costs yeah he obviously works well with the Lilandra so obviously what you want to do is getting um, getting him out and then KOing Lilandra consistently uh, and now Lilandra's got a three cost a six cost and a five cost so I'm guessing that the three cost would be the, uh, the, the, the one of choice to just kind of be spamming purchasing and getting rid of uh, and the three cost is 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 vanilla of sorts. It does have a global, which is pay shield once per turn if you have purchased a character die. This turn, you may draw a die from your bag and add it to your prep area. So that's like Robin. Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah, all the old school coming back to us. Yeah. Um, 
although she's got a big old arse on her. However, you can use the global of the Dark Phoenix that Chris described earlier to make sure that you can KO her because she's 3-5-6 on her tail end, uh, meaning that she's not going to be easy to, uh, well, relatively not that easy to, to get rid of. Um, but by a lot of her three costs, she's one field in on all three faces, so she's not going to cost too much to keep kind of field in. Get her out in the field, KO her, get the disc out, buy your six cross gladiator, get him out, and then continually knock her out until he is humongous with the old overcrash. Yep. Yep. There'd be Harsh. a way of properly mapping that out so that it could be done super quick as well, I bet, with that global and, you know, her and, and everything else. So that's that's exciting little combo. Yep. And there's loads of like little extra loyalty counter bits you can do. There's a basic action called Greetings, Greetings from Krakoa that lets you spin up loyalty counter, uh, spin up dice that have got loyalty counters on the character card and then give them plus two attack this turn. Wow. Yeah. So you could amp that up even more. And there's buff globals uh, creeping around in the set, although I've, I've gone a bit blank on which card it appears on. I'm scrolling through in an effort to find it and I can't, but they're there. Oh, you can nerf it though with a global on the tight ranks basic action, which is pay a shield target character type with at least two. one loyalty token gets minus two, minus two. And that's not got any form of restriction on once per turn or in your turn. Yeah, so but real shields being kept back. Yeah, but realistically, outside of drafting, of course, are people going to carry that basic action with that global on the off chance they are then facing uh, an oversized loyalty counted up gladiator or Moira or Madeline Pryor or whatever? You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that would very much depend on on the meta, isn't it? Yeah, that would have to be. That's so case specific. Now, if gladiator makes a massive splash, then yeah, possibly. But yeah. for now, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's 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 susceptible to all the. Usual kind of things, isn't he? Your poison ivy reds, your masterminds, your joppers would be a good counterman's. Yeah, flipping black widow, spinny down bollocks. Yeah, yeah. It, although he comes with built-in protection against your static fields and wallops and what have you. Yeah, kang nice. and things. Yeah, so he, he comes locked and loaded, ready to help you prevent some of the m- more common protective measures someone might use yeah absolutely cool looking card as well yes yeah absolutely but yeah he's just a, just a big old beefy boy isn't he with a chance to get bigger and beefier has he got a mohawk yeah uh, yeah it's kind of like a big uh it's a bit like um uh what's his face from guardians sticky uppy helmet thing oh uh, okay from the front angle it looks a bit odd i've not got him in front of me i know what he looks like though yeah. Uh, very good. Okay, there you go. Gladiator, the Empire must stand. That's Andy's second choice. Okay, well, are you ready for my second choice then? I am indeed. Hit me with it. Okay, my second choice is Sabretooth. You ready to party? He's a five-cost fist with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants affiliation, and he reads, when Sabretooth attacks, your Brotherhood characters get plus two attack, and he has Team Watch, target character that I can't block this turn. And just a quick reminder, folks, Team Watch is when you feel the character with a matching affiliation. Uh, and then his stat line is 133, 144, and 254. 
So he's definitely a central force in a bit of a combo thing. It's his theme play, isn't it? I want to I want to make a brotherhood team basically, and right. uh, he is basically bard just for the brotherhood, like a baby bard. Yeah, it's plus two. It's rest- like it's restricted to that just that plus two. Yeah, yeah, mini bard, a partial bard, but with the ability then to pair him up with some of the other game effects. Uh, you're using that team watch for the mystique for example that's uh the super rare uh she walks among us she's got team watch and then she's got the spin down effect so when you feel the character with the same affiliation she can spin a character down to energy face there's toads uh there's obviously the magnetos and there's some big beefy magnetos knocking around there's madeline priors you know there's a fair selection of Brotherhood of Evil Mutant characters that I think you can make yourself just a nice little army of them um, with your saber tooth, field a couple of toads. He'll prevent a few from blocking with his team watch. Uh, then uh, Mystique will spin a few down, and then you can tap with them all, and he gives them a bit of a stat bump. Yeah, you'd want to try and field two or three, wouldn't you, just to really stop that blocking potential. Well, sure, but I mean, if you've got a Mystique and a saber tooth in the field. A single fielding of, you know, another Mystique dice or a, a Toad or Madeline Pryor or whatever would stop one from blocking. You'd have the capacity to remove two just with those mm. two characters in the field. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Mystique's quite nasty, isn't she? <laughs> yes. Is that why you made it so big on the website? <laughs> no, that's just the way the gallery app works that I use. Look at this one. That's... uh yeah, Team Watch was one that I really liked from uh, uh, Age of Ultron, but they never really developed it further. It kind of had a, a smattering, as they say. But yeah, I like that they've included it in. It's very themey, isn't it, Team Watch? You want to build a team with the affiliations, which in turn makes it more, you know, realistic. Realistic's the wrong word, but, you know, more in line with the theme as opposed to just random stuff you put together. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why it stands out to me and is attractive to me. Uh, you know, I like the idea of just a bit like that Justice League team I played last week, just not sweating it, get on with your own thing, build your little force, get a Mystique, get a Sabretooth, get a Magneto, then just drop a quick cheap Brotherhood character in the field. And between the three of them, they've removed three blockers, you know. Yeah, cool. I like it. There's some good cards in this set. Uh, well, yeah, it's full to the brim of team-building opportunities. I know a lot of people will rush to uh, the Colossus Piotas and the Masterminds of the world, but uh, Mastermold, sorry. But uh, I think there's lots yeah. of intriguing stuff. Very cool. Very, very cool indeed. There you go. I hope that's got your juices flowing and ready for Dark Phoenix. Let's hope and pray that this is going to be in our shops by the end of the month. Yeah, and we've not just created a whole episode with a couple of segments that are, are irrelevant for months yet. <laughs> <laughs> Kryptonite Crisis comes out this month. Yeah. That'd be fun. Absolutely. Well, it will be fun, but that's... Well, it'll be fun. It'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Okay, well, we'll wrap that one over there, but we're always interested to hear what other combos that you're dying to give a try in the upcoming Dark Phoenix Saga set. So please do get in touch. We'll have all our information in the show notes as to how you can get hold of us. Uh, but for now, I think that's probably it. And we'll move to the outro, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. 
Well, there we are then, folks, as all things must. This episode of the Ministry of Dice has come to an end. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. And we did. Yes, we did indeed. Exciting times. Very Andy, in the little downtime between recording sections there, was super excited. He said, oh, we're actually making Dice Masters content on our Dice Masters podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 18 months talking <laughs> bollocks. <laughs> And we're back. Well, I don't, I don't anticipate the talking bollocks element changing much at all soon. No, that's true. <laughs> but still, yeah, nice to get the energy up talking about new combo ideas and whatnot. And may it continue. Just everyone keep fingers crossed that it, the set lands as intended, and then Kryptonite Crisis comes hot on the heels in March. So that we've got. A good little meta injection to give us all something to be drafting and something to be playing and constructing around to keep it alive. 100%. And to keep updated as soon as we have any info on dates, times, places, uh, and anything to do with the release of Dark Phoenix Saga and Kryptonite Crisis, we will be making sure to update all our avenues of contacting you via Facebook, Discord, Twitter, uh, and, of course, the BritRoller6.com blog. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but that's about it, really. Uh, we've mentioned the YouTube a few times. That's YouTube.com forward slash The Ministry of Dice. And we mentioned the Wednesday night stream. That's Twitch.com forward slash M-O-D extra without the E. So M-O-D-X-T-R-A. Uh, but otherwise, we'll wrap that one up there because it's quite a long episode here and now. So I've been Chris, otherwise known online as The True Mr. Six. And I've been Andy, a.k.a. Spock. We'll see you in two weeks, folks. Toodaloo. I've got this weird urge to just record another radio play. Is that, that's not normal, is it? <laughs>